you have any sympathy for Liz Truss? Uh, none at all, actually, because we're seeing the fruits of her labours now in terms of people potentially losing their houses. Hello and welcome to The Trawl, where we scroll through social media so you don't have to. I'm Marina Perkis. And I'm Gemma Forte. And Marina and I were quite taken with a piece that appeared in the Daily Mail. I wonder whether it's been paid for by someone like Sir Alan Sugar or the bloke from Pimlico Plumbers. You know, one of the types who crops up on telly, one of the very vocal employers who really want you back in the office where they can see you. Because (laughs) it was a piece which was accompanied with the headline, Swollen Eyes, A Hunchback and Claw-Like Hands, What Remote Workers Will Look Like by 2100. Now, the picture, I'll try my best to explain, and Marina, you can interject. Mm. It's a woman, and she's basically like a crone, but she's also gone back to sort of almost like missing link time. So she's hunchback, her tits are really saggy, but her belly is swollen. Her hands are like like a claw, like a lobster. Um, But also, apparently, remote working also gives you a jutting out chin, a sort (laughs) of very bitter face, and bad hair as well. And skin, like sort of sallow grey skin, a <laughs> bit like something from The Walking Dead, basically. Yes. It looks it basically yes. horrendous. This CGI, it looks awful, scary. Yeah, but there was another picture within the article where the, the woman uh, that we've described was in, on, a, on a bed, remote working, evidently. And she's on a bed and she's sat cross-legged and there's some quite serious camel toe actually occurring. And she's looking at her laptop and there's a cup of coffee next to her perilously just perched on the bed sheets. I don't know quite how gravity is keeping up, right? And she's eating out of what I can only describe as a dog bowl. <laughs> she's lost all dignity. It's over. Now, it's interesting, this whole working from home versus office thing. The world has changed, okay? And, you know, everybody's adjusting and people are working in a slightly different way. And I personally am all for people having more autonomy over the way that they work, being able to work and also fit their life around it. And that if you're doing a great job and being productive, why shouldn't you choose to do that at home Mm -hmm. sometimes? But I am also one of those people, and I don't know whether it makes me old fashioned. I personally don't want to work at home all the time. I'd hate it. I like being around people, Marina. I do. Mm -hmm. I like to go into work and piss around with people. You know? (laughs) You can't do (laughs) So you're from QVC listening or Jeremy (laughs) Fox. Anyway, there were some fabulous tweets. Somebody called Fochti at Fochti wrote, Sitting at your own desk, bad. Sitting at company desk, good. Personally, I support remote work because I want claw hands. (laughs) (laughs) And somebody called Multitude Container at Bartleby underscore era had tweeted something completely separately. They tweeted, Do return to office freaks know that when you work from home, you can have a slice of warm buttered toast whenever you want? Do they know that you can have a slice of warm buttered toast, maybe even with jam, and you can eat it on the couch while it's still warm? (laughs) And somebody called Nick Moore W at Nick Writes It replied and added the Daily Mail pictures underneath and said, this is only true to a point because eventually you start shredding the bread with your claw hands before you get it in the toaster. (laughs) Uh, and if you look a bit closer, right, within that article, there was some advice being given from an office furniture company. I mean, it was almost like they had a vested interest in getting you back into the office. 
Now, Gemma, right. So I know you've used up all your sympathy reserves in the last mm. episode and you're feeling terribly sorry for Nadine Dorries, who's very hard done by because, mm. you know, she didn't get her peerage. Mm-hmm. But I'm asking you to dig deep now because do you know who else is feeling very sorry for herself and who would like you to play your violin? I've got my tiny little violin waiting. Who is it? <laughs> Elizabeth Truss. Oh, Elizabeth Truss. So Politico EU reported that the former PM of how many days? Can we even call her a former PM? Such a bollocks. Found the public's obsession with the lettuce that outlasted her. She found it puerile and not funny. Mm. 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 And food critic, oh, this is good. Food critic Jay Rayner tweeted, It remains funny to me, not least because it's a tiny joke compared to the magnitude of what she did. You could almost say it's the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> it really wasn't a huge joke, more of a little gem. Ah, oh, brilliant, Jay Rayner. He says, here all week. I hope you are. <laughs> Best for Britain just thought that the fact she didn't find it funny <laughs> made it funnier. And uh, they're correct. And then Liam Thorpe, political editor of the Liverpool Echo, wrote, it was a hell of a lot funnier than what you did to people's mortgages. Mm. Oh, I concur with that one. And Otto English, the writer, tweeted an incredible clip of Madame Deluded Face. That's old Trussy Poos. Yeah, I mean, it really was staggering. She was Mm. on GB News spouting absolute total horseshit and Otto didn't pull any punches. So he wrote, Liz Truss was a Remainer. Liz Truss backed Remain. Liz Truss tweeted in 2016, I am backing Remain as I believe it's in Britain's best interest and means we can focus on vital economic and social reform at home. Understood? And now... Watch this clip from tonight on GB News. People in this country voted for Brexit and people here in Lee voted for Brexit because we were fed up of decisions being taken in Brussels Mm. that we had no say over. And we thought, great. And I thought, great, as a member of British government, we can now get control of trade policy. We can do all these things. But I think what we've discovered is actually politicians in Westminster don't necessarily have those levers to get things done. No. You know, you can be elected as a party leader, as a prime minister, pull the levers, but there are other people who are, you know, not necessarily on board with those decisions. Indeed. Okay. Oh, have you ever seen Graham Norton show? Every time she said pull the levers, I was thinking, I wish she was in the (laughs) chair where they pull the levers and she just goes and disappears. What was that (laughs) show? It was the children's show you used to get to like dunk your parents. That was so... Get your own back. Get your own back. Love that. I mean, what a load of twaddle. Yeah. And returning to the lettuce issue, I think, in short, we agree wholeheartedly with Ian Murray, who is the Shadow Secretary for Scotland. And here he is with Jane Secker on Sky News in a clip posted by Haggis underscore UK. Now, I'm joined by the Shadow Secretary, uh, the Shadow Scotland Secretary, even Ian Murray, who joins me now. Ian, do you have any sympathy for Liz Truss? Uh, None at all, actually, because we're seeing the fruits of her labours now in terms of people potentially losing their houses with mortgage rates increasing much higher than they should have been. And that's the premium that she put on everyone's mortgages with her kamikaze budget. So I've got absolutely no sympathy whatsoever. Yep, and no sympathy from here at Troll HQ either. Let's end this part on trust with a tweet from Amanda at Pandemonium, who wrote... Comparisons between me and Liz Truss were not funny, says Lettuce. (laughs) 
fair. And it made me realise that really our thoughts should be with all lettuces at this difficult time. Now, we are going to be hearing the word mortgages, 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 mortgages a lot. It is a disaster coming down the tracks. It's probably here for some of you already, but we're at the tip of the iceberg. Sorry, another lettuce reference there. In terms of, it wasn't purposeful either, in terms of how much this issue is probably going to define the next election. And I say that despite the fact that Partygate and all the scandal have already seen the Tories like nosediving in the polls and, Mm. you know, public services obviously being so terrible, etc. But I actually do agree with this opinion, which was voiced by Adam Payne. So Adam Payne is the political editor at Politics Home. His handle is at Adam Payne 26. And he wrote a whole piece, which is very good, actually. And he wrote, Tory MPs fear the mortgages time bomb will be catastrophic for the Conservatives. Oh, every cloud, Marina, every cloud. (laughs) This is potentially the issue that will define the end of this government, said some ex-cabinet minister. But don't you think, just jump in, don't you think that's just so self-absorbed? Like people are, we've got, did you know that repossessions are already up 50% 50% on last quarter. And all mm. they can think about is, you know, it's catastrophic for the Conservatives. What about the people? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And just to absolutely back that up, you know, Martin Lewis has been trying as ever. He's been, you know, having meetings. This is months and months ago, trying to ring the big warning klaxon. And he's not an economist either, by the mm. way, saying this is coming down the track. This is coming down the track and had all of these suggestions. You can find his Twitter. They're all there. And they're sort of just sleepwalking as ever. That's the problem with this lot. They absolutely only react when it gets to the, you know, the the bit where the bomb's gone off, if you like. Mm. And yeah, households are facing eye-watering rises on everything, quite frankly. But the average two-year fixed rate mortgage on a residential property in Britain has risen again from 5.98% to like over 6%. Now that's 13 rises in interest since 2021, right? When it was, I mean, stacked ridiculously low. So we all borrowed as much as we could. Probably got a bit complacent. Fair enough. And I think we all knew there was going to be some interest rise, of course, at some point. But this is, as we heard from the previous clip, this was sort of triggered specifically badly by the quantitative easing required after Truss's absolutely catastrophic budget with Quarteng. Brexit as well has compounded everything and made it worse, which is why we've got incredibly high inflation. And it's stubbornly not coming down either in the way that they had projected. So today the ONS have said, nope, it ain't budging. So it it doesn't even look like it's working. I know it takes months and months, but yeah, it's not not going well, Marina, basically. It's not. No, like you mentioned, actually, it was 65 billion, wasn't it, that was had to be magicked out of thin air to bail out the pension funds after the mm. mini budget we just don't mm. talk about it do we and also that the the topic of mortgages is going to be huge because about a hundred thousand people every month are remortgaging so mm. that's a hundred thousand people like falling off the end of maybe a quite comfortable mortgage rate and going up to like you said there five six percent which mm. is just it's too big for people to swallow you can you can stop buying your coffees you can stop your netflix you can stop your avocado toast it isn't going to make a difference 
No, and not when everything else is up as well, food, fuel, mm. energy. So, yeah. And, and just not, not to forget, not to forget what the renters, because this is then being passed on to renters as well. So this isn't just people owning homes impacted. This is renters. And we're already starting to see a few tweets out there that renters are getting the shitty end of the stick. As ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And old cyborg Sunak, he's just wanging on same old sound bites about halving inflation. But I never feel like he's got enough empathy for what's really happening. No, in PMQs just today, he was asked about this mortgage crisis and he actually ended up responding with, and John Nicholson from the SNP tweeted this, he ended up responding about stopping the boats, Gemma. Oh, How do no. you get from mortgage crisis to stopping the boats? Like it, the, They're not talking sense anymore. It's no. actually just farcical. And another thing that is not being spoken about, by the way, and I did talk about this on Jeremy Vine, is why are we not talking about imposing a windfall tax on the banks? So Richard Murphy, who's the economist, and he's on Twitter, and he's well worth a follow. I did actually check this with him. I just said, is this a really stupid idea before I go on TV and talk about it? And he was like, no, I've written an article about it, and he directed me to it. Basically. He's saying the government says it can't afford to help people facing mortgage payment crises. But that is not true because banks, think about it, they're making at least 40 billion a year in unearned profits as a result Mm. of extra interest that's now being paid to them by the government. So he's saying tax that unearned income of the banks at say 75% and there, boom, ready to go, is a 30 billion pound mortgage support fund. Yeah. Taxpayers don't have to foot the book. Make yeah, we, we were it. we were talking about it on Vine today as well. And I absolutely mooted this point as well. And what was interesting was the question was like, should the state basically get involved? Should the government be intervening? Because the Liberal Democrats, Ed Davey, mm-hmm. he's come up with the idea that if your mortgage has increased by more than 10% of your overall salary, then you should be able to basically a bit like the furlough scheme, get yeah. 300 quid a month. Now, that would benefit me. Mm-hmm. I am in that category and that would help enormously, but I don't think it's the right thing to do. And I love the Lib Dems, but not in, I don't agree with this because there's a couple of things. Firstly, right, there isn't any money. We're, we're so, so, so in debt. Secondly, it's so incredibly unfair on renters. So it would mean that renters are paying tax that then goes to help homeowners. I just don't think that's but fair. But is Ed Davey suggesting it comes from the taxpayers? Is he not yeah. suggesting? Because my understanding was that he wanted to do this by reversing all the tax cuts that this government has given to the banks as one way of funding it. And then I was hoping that maybe a windfall tax might be the other way. I didn't think, ah, it, was, I okay. di- I didn't think it was a taxpayer funded thing because that doesn't make sense to me either. Okay, good. Good to clarify that. And Michael Gove has sort of come up with some suggestions about being able to sort of, you know, extend your mortgages and everything. But actually, I think this one, Richard Murphy's suggestion, I know John McDonnell was echoing it. So He did, he did. Yeah. Also, do you see that in that Michael Gove interview? I think, was it Sophie Reed or Laura Kingsborough? I can't remember. Who asked him, do you have a mortgage? And he went, oh, um, I, I don't have a mortgage at this time. Because <laughs> he bloody doesn't. Yes. Do you know what? They live I- on another planet. No, imagine not having a mortgage. <laughs> My mortgage is massive. I'm so highly geared. If we had to spin off and go to 6%, I'm bankrupt, honestly. <laughs> I know. We could just live together then in a caravan in a or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It would save on WhatsApps. Crowdfund. We can ask trawlers to crowdfund. Buy me a coffee. Please buy me a coffee. <laughs> um, yeah, and I knew going on Vine today that I was going to get the old crew phoning up going, 
well, it was much worse in the 80s. In the 80s, we just got on with oh it. We, we had a terrible shit time and we, we lived on a, you know, gruel and had one boot on and I had to pay 17%, whatever. Anyway, sure enough, that <laughs> happened. And I loved this tweet, Simon Harris, man behaving dadly at Simon Harris underscore MBD, because he wrote, Yes, Brian, I know mortgage rates were higher in the 70s, but the average house price was roughly the same as two weeks all-inclusive in Tenerife today. And wages <laughs> generally reflected the fact that humans need to eat and have somewhere to live. Oh, and that's the point. No, I know. That's the point. A woman called in when I was on Vine. Her name was Vivian. I remember because Vivian sounded like a douche. She basically was like, you know, it happened to me. We did it. I had to suck it up. Yeah, you should suck it up. And what people like... Vivian failed to mention time and time and time again is that people with mortgages now are massively more leveraged, that's me, because of stagnant wages, soaring house prices, and the fact that we take out mortgages now that are four or five times our salaries, unlike bloody Vivian. Absolutely. I mean, back in the day then, you could get like a nice five bed house for about 60 grand. Now it doesn't buy you half a garage in London. There's a man on my road who bought his house, Gemma, for (laughs) £8,000. Jesus. And he told me that, and I was like, oh, bless him. Oh, that's nice. That's nice for you. (laughs) Oh, congratulations. Yeah, and actually, the stats on it was something like wages since the 80s have gone up by 94%. House prices have gone up by something like 284%. Something like that. Anyway, there's a professor of politics called Eric Kaufman at EP Kauf M. He's in Vancouver, so it doesn't matter that I've got his handle wrong. And he tweeted a graph with the words, younger voters, British ones, who have achieved the markers of adulthood, home ownership, marriage, parenthood, are barely more likely to vote Tory than those who haven't, with it showing that 18 to 35-year-olds are overwhelmingly more likely to vote Labour or Lib Dem or Green, with even the lot in the highest income bracket showing 13% up for voting Tory versus 57% for other parties and renters only six percent would vote Tory I mean he was really amazed by this and in the attached piece that he'd written he blamed political indoctrination and Sam Friedman who's a great political writer at Sam FR captioned it with amazing that you could look at these numbers and think that the answer is political indoctrination rather than 20 years of stagnant wages, rapid cost of living rises, mortgages going through the roof and any number of public service failings And I myself would probably add to that lack of action on environment and also being massive corrupt bellends. How are they being politically indoctrinated? Like where? I don't know. Put in the pub? At university? Like at school? Where? I don't know. I also love the fact that he said the markers of adulthood are like home ownership and marriage and parenthood and everything. I don't know. I think it's things like put your clothes away when you're coming from a night out. Absolutely. Not not my husband then. My husband can't pick a (laughs) towel off the floor. Or make the bed in the morning. It's right, he doesn't listen to the pod, so he won't hear this. Cheers for your support, Ben. (laughs) Has he given up on it? Oh, is he here enough? I think he gets enough of me at home, to be fair. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Anyway, and like most things, it's all, all this bother, is partially linked, of course it is, to Brexit. Because our high inflation is Brexit linked. Because the former head of the Bank of England, Mark Carney, has certainly been making headlines this week because he stated on the record in The Telegraph and in Bloomberg, that our stubbornly high inflation is due to Brexit. And as reported in Forbes, his Brexit warnings, which were once a subject of controversy and accusations of political bias, have now been proving disconcertingly accurate. 
He cautioned that Brexit would trigger a period of negative supply shock, resulting in a weaker pound, high inflation and slow growth. And he called bingo. Mm. Yes, but for balance, for balance, Marina. Mm. Andrea Ledsom disagrees. <laughs> and uh, so does Jacob Reese mogg <laughs> Yeah, Christ. What we've had inflicted on us, all that, as I mentioned before, old Lettuce Face and her disaster, all that quantitative easing, that was mm. articulated on Sky by Ian Williams. He is the chairman and chief exec of Chartres Treasury Portfolio Manager. There's a lot of talk from official sources trying to blame train drivers and uh, supermarkets for inflation. Everyone knows the root cause of it was the quantitative easing that they, the mon- massive amount of money printing the Bank of England took out in, in the QE4 programme where they just printed £120 billion out of, out of thin air. And that's the root cause of the inflation we're seeing today. And what you're seeing trying to blame supermarkets is, is trying to blame someone else for a mistake that they made. Because if you look around the world and say, oh, well, it's high oil prices because of Ukraine, all countries suffered from the high oil prices. All countries suffered from the wind. Not all high, uh, countries suffered from, uh, from these rates of inflation. It was the ones that were printing money that have suffered from the inflation rate. Interesting. And I think the point is, it's lots of things, right, that have contributed to inflation, but absolutely none of which have been helped by 13 years of Tory government, and almost all of which have been made worse because of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. I, I Honestly, I always say this, tell me one thing that they've got right. It goes back to Cameron and gay marriage and nobody else can think of anything. No. Helping Ukraine, helping Ukraine. Yeah. But I mean, wouldn't any government do that? Yes. I also think, I was, I was thinking about this today because this is what I do when I'm just walking. I was thinking about a really good idea for Labour to do or any opposition in the run to the election is to like do like a like a fake manifesto, like conservative manifesto with the big, blue bastard tree and Mm. it would have all of the things that they have actually done which Mm. is awful like you know in terms of the hit to gdp in terms of the stagnant wages in terms of collapsing the nhs like if you actually think of what they have done that is their manifesto that should be their manifesto that is Mm. what they delivered so my my point would be this is actually what they deliver stop bloody voting for them you lemons I think I found the worst take ever. So there's a lady called Suzanne Evans, and she used to be UKIP. I'm not sure what she's up to now, but she does appear on various things that we do. Nice lady in the flesh, at Suzanne Evans 1. But she wrote, beyond astonished at the considerable number who think government should help pay their mortgages. What are taxpayers expected to shell out for next? Credit card repayments, gambling debts, your overdue Harrods card. A sad indictment as to how state dependent many have become. I just thought, Harrods card. Harrods card. Yeah, read the room, you bell. Read the bloody room. And, you know, also, yeah, read the room. Like, people are really struggling. They're really desperate. Like, I suspect they've probably rested the Harrods card, Suzanne. (laughs) Bloody hell. Now, I mentioned Martin Lewis previously, and I've got to say there's something about Martin Lewis that I both admire greatly. I, I think he's an absolute force for good, but he also slightly amuses me. I was watching him on his show yesterday and he was prancing around. He's just like so stressed. I know that's not funny because I know it's genuine. But anyway, I don't know why it makes me laugh. He is desperately trying to help. And he tweeted, I I mentioned some of the things that he'd suggested, like payment holidays, payment reductions, lengthening mortgage terms, proactive communication with borrowers, like all of this stuff. And it just upsets me so much that they just don't do anything about it. Unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Anyway. 
I know that I tried a jingle a while ago and you sort of said no, you thought it was crap. I'm going to do oh, it. Yeah. I'm sorry. I think I know which one it is. Brexit benefits that are actually massive shitters. Because <laughs> it just gives us a little segue into this. This got so much traction, like millions and millions of views. Lewis Goodhall, who's available on another politics podcast, at Lewis underscore Goodall, wrote, Remember doing a story back in 2018 saying that roaming charges were going to return for British travellers after Brexit? The government at the time said it was very unlikely because companies wouldn't do it. Others dismissed it as more scaremongering. A few years later, and there it is, and he's posted a little picture of Vodafone saying, Welcome to Spain, you're going to be fleeced like shit every single day you're here. So that's great. Absolutely brilliant. It's another Brexit benefit that's actually a massive shit on. Just before we move on from that, I did see that Lewis had to actually respond, or he, did, he chose to respond to that. You know that Sophie Corcoran, whatever her name is, the one. Just, oh yeah, she, she talks an awful lot of shit. GB Newser. Yeah, and she responded to his message where he mentioned the two pound twenty five per day charge for roaming. Now she's like, "Oh, I'm so sorry, like that you were wealthy enough to go on holiday and then you have to spend two pounds extra." Like that's not the point. It's no. the point that actually, and he, he came back and he said, you know, a lot of families, they can maybe just about cobble to go on holiday. They're already squeezed and this is just squeezing them further when they were promised this wouldn't happen. It must be really tiring being one of those GB news lot because you can't go on a nice holiday to Spain or something because you look <laughs> hypocritical. So even if they really want to, can you imagine like, oh, you've been invited to a hen. Where is it? It's in Italy. Oh, um, oh no, fine. I don't want to. I don't want to. I want to stay here. Soap is off. <laughs> Exhausting. I love a holiday in the sun if you can get oh, I'm actually not having one this year, but anyway, whatever. Right. We are in the midst of Pride Month. So happy Pride to you all. And that said, there's been a few not so great things which have slightly taken some of the joy off, which as far as I can see, should just be a sort of very simple, happy, joyful celebration of inclusivity and diversity mm-hmm. and freedom to be who the hell you like in a country which you'd hope is mainly tolerant and socially liberal. Agreed, Marina? Agreed. That's what it's all about, right? Now, the first thing is so shameful. It's Rishi Sunak, our prime minister, being caught on camera being transphobic. Similarly to when he was caught on camera, do you remember that? When he was describing, he didn't realise he was being filmed and he was speaking to a small section of the Conservative membership and he was talking about how funds had been diverted away from socially deprived income councils mm. whatever no he said he was going was... to he said he was, he was going to basically he said that labor had been directing funds to deprived areas and he was going to change that yeah so that, mm. that was nice so you really yeah. get the true measure of the man when he doesn't realize you're listening have a listen and uh, at, the same, at the same period of time over the period, you may have noticed uh, Ed Davey has been very busy. Uh, like me, you have probably seen that he was busy trying to convince everybody that women clearly had penises. And uh, I was reflecting, you all know, I am a big fan of everybody studying maths at 18. But it, it, turns, it turns out that we need to focus on biology to 18. <laughs> Ugh, it's horrible, yeah. isn't it? Horrible. Yeah, what's I don't like is he's playing to the crowd. Mm. I think he would mm. say anything just to get people, um, like he did in that garden when he said about the deprived areas. I think he just says whatever he needs to say to get to be mm. popular. 
It's worth saying that was from The Guardian, okay, who posted the video. Pink News posted the video. It didn't really hit headlines in many places. And as mm-hmm. Marina said, he was talking to the 1922 committee. So it was all very well received there. Mm. Yeah. And another point to note is that, you know, Howard Donald of Take That? Yeah. He was dropped from Nottingham Pride. They cancelled his appearance because Howard's likes on his Twitter page included some sort of quite anti-trans stuff. There was a tweet that he liked that was calling for Disney to be defunded. He'd also liked tweets from the misogynistic influencer Andrew Tate as well. And it's like, why, Howard? Why? Like, honestly, kids, sometimes I think it's just best never to meet your heroes. Do you know, the main thing I thought when I read about that was how, do you remember, it was quite recent. It was funny as hell. So Panto star Christopher Biggins, bless his little heart, he'd been liking and clearly enjoying quite a lot of gay porn on Twitter. <laughs> but like, he'd obviously been enjoying it and then liking it. And then people found out. And then, oh, I know. And then he had to unlike it all. And oh, it was a bit embarrassing. So be careful oh, what you like, folks. Mm. Amanda at Pandemonium wrote, Now that a lot of people are, rightly so, angry with Howard Donald, I'm assuming they all want him sacked, want him sacked, want him sacked for good. (laughs) That was a great tweet, Amanda. Very good. Andrew McBride at Andrew MCB posted a picture of Take That. And it was when they were really young and they were basically wearing like leather chaps, sort of like leather belts over their chest, bare chested those sort of quite Freddie Mercury sort of like caps with the chains on and everything. And he wrote, this is how Take That were originally marketed. If it wasn't for the gay fans, Howard Donald, you'd have never had a career. Mm. And yet he thought it was okay to be openly homophobic and transphobic. That's sad. So anyway, he has issued an apology. And yeah. And last but not least, did you see the state of Lawrence Fox being an absolute bell? Yeah, I don't think you could miss it, actually. Mm. And we decided we're not going to actually share the clip because we wonder whether he's actually got, you know, I don't know, issues that need to be dealt with. But the video to describe it, because I mean, I'm not excusing it. It was just pathetic. He was standing in his back garden, burning pride flags. And it was just like, what are you doing? Why? 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 He was suggesting they weren't pride flags, though, because they were a slightly different design. He was suggesting they were something else. But the point still stands. Like, why the need to burn a flag? You know, like, if there was, like, a flag for the Tories, I wouldn't feel the need to burn it. I'd just create create a podcast. Create a chart-topping podcast. That's what I'd do. That'd be my my catharsis. That is a great example, because I absolutely wouldn't, because it's quite violent, yeah, And it's quite aggressive and it has horrible connotations. And, you know, yeah, we are very vocal and we are lucky that we get to be able to say what we think. But, you mm-hmm. know, I don't mm-hmm. want anything bad to happen to people who have different ideas. And, yeah, and standing in a garden burning a flag that means a lot to people is just, it's just disgusting. Anyway, we've got mm-hmm. some tweets. We have. So Dr. Adam Rutherford at Adam Rutherford wrote... Shouldn't really retweet this desperate, broken, oboe-read wasteman, but those lovely pride flags are clearly flame-retardant, and this feels like some kind of metaphor. I know. I also, I had my middle-aged uh, head on. I was watching it thinking, oh, it's going to set fire to the fence. Oh, dear. Oh, oh. I mean, it didn't look very <laughs> safe, but yeah. Sarah at Sarah Duggars, who, by the way, has got the best bio ever. Her bio is, if Kate Middleton went feral and lived behind some bins. That's excellent. <laughs> She wrote, 
Imagine being his neighbours, just sort of watching someone set fire to your fence while you're trying to have Sunday lunch with your children. <laughs> That's got to devalue your house. You've got to be careful in this housing market. Can't be devaluing your house even more. Oh, I know. Yeah. And Joe Hardy at Bloke on Wheels wrote, I love the fact that the flags didn't even burn. It looks like in the end he just had to rip them off the fence. Another win for European fire safety regulations. I never get that when people cause destruction to their own stuff in like yeah. a protest. It's like, you know, when like people throw things at the wall in anger. I don't even understand it. You know, like romantic scenes in like movies mm. where they like mm. sweep all the stuff off the desks so that are about to make love on the desk. I've never understood oh. that. You've got to pick it all up afterwards, Gemma. Yeah, no, I think I'd be a bit like sort of, I'd end up doing it with one eye off to see what had been <laughs> smashed. <laughs> Me too. One eye not on the job. I spent ages putting that in a nice pile. Why have you done that? Because I'm not in the mood anymore. Also, it's not comfortable. Can we not just go to the bed? (laughs) On a hard surface with a burrow up your ass. (laughs) (laughs) Anti-capitalist musings wrote, I chose this tweet because I thought it was well written. This is about Lawrence Fox. A sight that could churn the stomach of even the most seasoned observer. The sorry spectacle of a washed-up actor, not actually setting pride flags ablaze, but doing so metaphorically in a desperate grab for political relevance. The actor, now reduced to a pitiful pantomime, flailing in a sea of irrelevance, clinging to the tattered remnants of a misguided political vanity project, is enough to make one shake their head in dismay, a stark reminder of the length some will go to to grasp at the fleeting echoes of their former glory. The pride flags remain unburnt, but the actor's dignity, I fear, has turned to ash oh lovely profound gorgeous Mm. gorgeous so happy pride everybody from marina and i peace and love and we've chosen this pudding for you thank you for listening here is pudding and it's elton john with some wise wise words you know be be proud of who you are i mean it's there are so many wonderful diverse people in the world straight people gay people transgender people we're all god's kids and um you know people who should know better um in places of responsibility um to attack gay people transgender people um i think to be honest with you uh, uh, they claim to be close to god they couldn't be farther away from god if they tried